Welcome to the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. It's the middle of fall, and perhaps it's the middle of your day, and perhaps you're listening to this during the summertime five years from now, so I'm wrong on all counts. Wow, congratulations. That's how podcasts work. Uh, so we are, <laughs> we don't know when you're listening to this. Yeah, I guessed though. Maybe I was right for somebody. Man, somebody, you just blew their mind. What? Yeah. How did she know? <laughs> so we love to to share what's going on in our quiet time. Every once in a while, we hear from you. Thank you so much when you take the time to to write a comment in the section below. Feel free to do that. Yeah, leave a, a five-star review. It would be amazing. If not, um, then send your uh, complaints to our Korea. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's my name, by that's, the way. That's that's. We're like, who's that? That <laughs> goes straight to her. Argarillo. So you know the story of the prodigal son, and if not, we'll review it d- during this. But yeah, don't shame people if they don't know. If it. you don't know it, uh, then I'm never. I'm not going to make any jokes. <laughs> but it's one of those big stories that mm-hmm. Jesus told. What he would uh, parables or some of the stories he told, um, which is we don't know if it actually happened or if it's just kind of a comparison. Uh, but it is such a great story of forgiveness. Yeah. And there's one part of it that we really don't talk about a lot as as a society, as Let Christians. Me guess. Okay. Let me guess what it is. Okay. I want to assume that you're talking about the other brother, but maybe you're going to blow my mind and you're going to say something like when he was going to eat out of the trough of the pigs. Whoa. It's actually it's neither of those. <laughs> neither of those. No, I'm just kidding. It is the other brother. Yeah. That is very a very fascinating look and a good reminder if you're a person of faith or anybody that can roll their eyes at somebody else about what it means. And so um this is um honestly, let's just recap the story. So Jesus says there are two sons, and one son says, I want my inheritance now. It's my, it's like JG went with commercials. It's my money and I want it now. He's the younger one. And so the older one, probably of the two, should be the one getting the inheritance first. What is kind of an insult. I mean, dad's not dead. It was a total insult. You're not getting the inheritance until dad passes. Well, dad honors the request and he actually does split the inheritance to both of them. And yeah, the the guy, the prodigal son, he, um, who the main part of the story is about, he goes off and squanders it. He leaves the family, goes out to a foreign country, parties, all sorts of crazy living. And then he gets, he loses all the money, spends all the money. And he gets desperate enough trying to just survive. It, he is feeding pigs and the, the food starts to look pretty good to him. The pig food starts to look pretty good. That was the other thing that I said it could be you wanted to talk about. And moving on from that, because it's not it at it's all. just recapping. Yeah. <laughs> I will say it, it stuck in my mind even before you said that, because it's like that, that was not only culturally was yeah. that a big thing of a big no-no, because they, st- you know, uh, Jewish people still don't eat uh, pork, um, but- Well, practicing. Practicing. But the the idea of it, you know, even our idea is with pigs, it's gross. I mean, it's, it's slop in the trough and the, I mean, it's just gross, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so he- comes to his senses and he says, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to swallow my pride and I'm going to say, I'm sorry. I failed you. Can I just work for you to his dad? Mm-hmm. So he goes back home and he's, he's kind of practicing his, he's practicing his speech, you know, and dad sees him coming from out the window. And in a, also a very culturally uh, not common thing because a, a man of his um, stature. Stat- stature, he would, he would never ever do this, but he ran to the son, mm-hmm. embraced him, basically ignored his speech and and said, you know, we're going to celebrate that you're back. 
And I also think it's interesting. Somebody pointed out to me when, when he sees him, I don't know because I wasn't back in the day, but I do believe that the dwellings that people lived in, they, you know, they didn't have like picture windows. Mm, It was mm. almost like he was waiting Mm. by the window, waiting for his son to return. There's a lot to look into that. That's fascinating. And so they, you know, put the ring on his finger. My son has, is, is, was lost, but is found, uh, kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a party. And so the inheritance is gone. It just, it just is. This would be, uh, I heard it a liken to more of like the thief on the cross next to Jesus. Uh, are there going to be many eternal quote rewards for somebody like this? Not necessarily, but he's in the kingdom. He's there. He was lost and is found. And then you have, the other brother. And here he, you know, he has uh, captured his inheritance. I don't believe he's given the inheritance. He he is given the inheritance both uh, along with the, he has split the inheritance, but he doesn't go anywhere. So he stays with dad. Interesting. Because dad, you know, reiterates what's mine is yours. You've been here the whole time. And what's mine is yours. I never read that part and understood it that way. And so, and, and this is a, just a Bible study I went over. So we went over that part specifically. Mm-hmm. Like he also got his, but he just, you know, he chose to stay with dad. And, and because he makes the point, I have been here faithfully. Yeah. And you never once threw me a party. And yeah. that's when dad responds. You have the inheritance. What mine is, what's mine is yours. Meaning he's been faithful. Mm-hmm. And for Christians that, live out their faith, mm. there will be, and we don't know all what that looks like, but it's backed up in, in a, it's either first or second Corinthians. There are rewards in heaven. Mm-hmm. We're going to be judged and people that are in Christ, we aren't judged for our wrongdoings. Christ took that punishment, but then we'll get some sort of reward for all of the good fruit that was in our lives. And so the, the point with this was that that brother still has his part of the inheritance. Yeah. But now with his jealousy Hmm. and his pride, is he going to even come into the kingdom? Because this is in Luke 15, I think. And what this is, is the, uh, why do I keep calling them philosophers? Pharisees (laughs) are questioning Jesus. You know, now we're back to like Jesus time. Okay, so we're outside of the story. Jesus, who really, really was there, really existed, really is God. And, uh, he is hanging out with a bunch of not good people, part you know, partiers and tax collectors, all that stuff. And at the beginning of the chapter, you have the uh, Pharisees questioning him about that. So he actually tells three parables, one of which leading up to this final parable yeah. uh, is the, wouldn't you, if you had a hundred sheep and you lost one, wouldn't you go for the one and leave the 99? So he's building up to all of the lost people that God is chasing after. And, and so we got to remember the, the older brother is is a lot like the Pharisees. Mm. He has been the faithful one. He has done the father's work. And you are going to let that guy in? You're kidding me right now. Yeah. You're going to let that guy in? You haven't even thrown me a party, but he gets a party? Mm. And the point of the father is that there is a bigger celebration for those, we, we love, obviously God loves obedience, okay? And to be faithful in our faith, there is great reward in that, like the inheritance. Yeah. But it is a much bigger celebration for a lost person to come into the kingdom. Well, you think about your own children. Yeah. So if you have one that's been with you, faithful, ch- church, going with you, yeah. knowing that 
their eternity is sealed. Like, you know that they love Jesus and they've committed their life to them. And you've got that lost sheep in the family. And it may come off kind of crazy to the other sibling if their long lost brother or sister come back home and then commit. Yep. And and, and parents seem to be so ec- ecstatic sure. for a person that may have... It's very relatable, the story that Jesus shared. Yeah, because we've seen this time and time again with our people in our lives. Oh, it's sure, not, you say you're a Christian now. Okay. It's not fair. Right. Or it, what every behavior that he has exhibited up until this point has led this older brother to believe you can't trust what he has to say. Yeah, yeah, that's very and, true. And so, yeah, I understand there are so many people and they hold grudges. Yep. What does that keep us from though? And, and well, because we, at the end of the story, we don't know if the brother got over his pride to walk into the party, to walk into the celebration. And I, and the implications there, I mean, does that mean that he's not going to be in the kingdom anymore? Does that mean that he's, he's simply missing out on a celebration that is, is, is just and good and righteous? Uh, but you're so right. We've had many people in our lives that, that like, how can I trust what they say? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think it's just simply a, if they change, if they, if they come back and whether they've sinned against you or they're just back in church all of a sudden after several years or whatever, and they're making that attempt, what this says to me is that I need to celebrate that and honor that. If they end up, uh, you know, folding again and, and not living it again or what, we'll get to that if it happens. But I should time and time and time again that people choose to mm-hmm. come back to a faithful life in Christ, whether for the first time or after several times. I I should not roll my eyes at that. Yeah, they need our cheerly. They need our cheering section. Yeah, and not our respute. Is that the right word for it? Just, huh? We'll see. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. here's the thing: I'm missing out on a heavenly celebration where. You know, heaven is cheering when one lost sinner comes home, I, and I don't. And I'm not a part of it because of my pride in, in certain situations. Have you ever rooted against somebody? Yep, I have. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that you're doing that. You're like, that's not godly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, who's this one celebrity couple that uh, they got married years and years ago? I said, okay, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And I'm rooting against them. Sure enough, they got a divorce. I'm like, well, there you go. What if, what if I had taken that time to pray over this couple I don't know? Now, I genuinely believe just like Jesus prayed over the circle of friends with him in that moment, that they may be one just as we are one. He prayed in John 17, I believe. Um, he was talking about the band of people that were with him. And it yes, those people go on later to represent the many of us that have said yes to him but he was praying specifically over those people. I'm saying all of that to say there are specific people in your circle that you can pray for. And there are certain platforms that you might be in prayer for uh, if God leads you to that. So I to pray with specificity over a couple I've never met might be kind of it's hard. unusual. Yeah. But rather that, obviously, than rooting sure. against them in my spirit. And what does that profit me? Nothing. I, I love that uh, we had uh, Micah Tyler with us the other day. He is uh, a Christian artist, has a lot of great songs. And he said, it's so funny with grace. Like um, I will 
see somebody, you know, cut me off in mm -hmm. traffic or they'll cut somebody off uh, and, and I'll go, where's a, where's a cop? My gosh, that is ridiculous. But then, you know, later that morning, probably, but at least in the, within the next week, you know, oh, I really need to get over there. I'm just going to, ah, they won't mind. Excuse me. Like, and it's, and then it's okay. Cause I'm doing it. And it's so funny. I mean, that's how we don't see the sin in this story. We don't see the sin of the older brother. It's not this blatant thing. But he's still a person that needs grace. And then we clearly see it come to life when he has that uh, lack of humility yeah. at the end. And it it can't be, we again, we've talked a lot. You can go back many episodes. It is okay and right to tell somebody that they've sinned against you, mm -hmm. to set boundaries, to maybe not even trust them, forgive them, but not trust them with the same, depending on how it's gone. I mean, there's a lot of that there. But it, it should never go to a place where I'm not celebrating their want to change mm -hmm. or it, it, if I'm putting myself on any sort of a pedestal, pedestal like, well, they do that. And at least I don't do that because I'm doing something. Oh, yeah. We I'm all doing are. something. Because there was a reason why Jesus had to die for all of us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So we're all in need of grace. But yeah, that's a really good reminder. Who do you relate to the most? Do you relate to the younger brother? Is sure. it more of a free spirit, less reliable, super naive? Um, or the older brother who's been faithful, but also begrudgingly so, it sounds like a little bit. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And waiting for his little brother to get his. Right, right. Can't wait to see what dad does to him now that he came back. It, you know, obviously this is <laughs> what we talked about with a, with a parable. You know, we don't know if this ever happened or anything, but it's a fantastic story. And, and just reading into it a little bit like that is, you know, imagine hearing the, him hearing the rumors mm -hmm. about, hey, you hear what your little brother's doing? Feeding pigs. Oh, really? Huh. huh. And I, I let myself go there. Serves him right. Oh, yeah, serves him right. That's a, that's a line that comes to mind a lot. Uh, he had the audacity to ask our father for his inheritance. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, okay, well, I'll stay here and I'll keep farming because that's what a good son does. Yeah. And I'm the good son. Mm -hmm. We start puffing up ourselves with those types of thoughts. All of us do it to some degree, even if you are more of a free spirit. I know I've puffed myself up. Oh, like you said, at least I didn't do that. Right. You know? Yeah. And it also makes me think of the story of Mary and Martha, which it was not a parable. It was a real, real account. They were some of Jesus's best friends. He'd go often to visit Lazarus, their brother. You may remember the dead guy who was risen to life. So Mary was more of a free spirit sitting at the feet of Jesus, wanting to absorb everything he had to say. You just see her with her eyes wide open. I don't know, like watching the latest episode of whatever that you were waiting for on Netflix, but she's just like, oh, what's he going to say next? And Martha's the one who's in the kitchen busying herself. And I think she's waiting for Mary to get hers. Jesus sees clearly what Martha has been doing. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be eating if it wasn't for me. Right. I'm the one serving. You wouldn't have a clean place to sit if it wasn't for me. I think of things like that sometimes when I'm trying to serve my family. You just expect me to do this? Sometimes, yeah, it, it, being a parent can be a thankless job from time to time. But to serve as Jesus served without conditions and with love, there was literally nothing that we brought to the table for him except our obedience and our agreement that we need him. <laughs> mm -hmm. We didn't mm -hmm. bring anything else to the table. Yeah. There was nothing we could have done to paint that picture better because he could see everything on the inside 
And some people, yeah, the people that he ate with that were the quote sinners, they're the, there's they were on the outside. You know, we talked about if they were a practicing Jewish person as versus non-practicing, they were probably non-practicing. But a lot of people were not practicing in their heart. They just looked like they were on the outside. Sure. Well, and that's a question for the older brother too. Mm. I mean, was he, was he, re, yeah. you know, I, again. Or any of us. Or any, well, or any of us, but again, was, was, was his heart in the right place until the end? I, again, it's just a story, but it's a powerful, powerful story he that spoke Jesus to shared. All of the places that we could find ourselves yeah. in any day. Yeah, that's true. That Jesus, he knew what he was doing. You think so? And I, I did not know that. I never focused my energy on the the fact that the inheritance had been split. I knew he had split it to give him his share. I didn't know well, it's very subtle. that he actively gave it to him. It, so he could have very well, if he wanted to, up and left as well. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, that's another like strike yeah. on the board against the little brother. Yeah. I could have gone. I could have squandered. Yeah, that's very true. Because and that and that's the very subtle part that the, this Bible study went over is is he, this is where the father acknowledges that mm-hmm. what, what's mine is yours. Mm-hmm. As yeah. in, I'm not the sole proprietor of yeah. this uh, thing. So that's a good point. The the it's almost a little bit George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, it's it should be my turn to go do. I mean, maybe, may again, we're reading into this a little bit, but but that could be a, a little bit of a, a jealousy factor there. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets to, and and here I am needing to be the responsible one and stay in. Uh, what's what, what was George Bailey's town? Oh gosh! Well, it was Pottersville after <laughs> after it became the bad place. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, now I can't remember Bedford Falls. Bedford Falls. Is. Bedford Falls. Bedford yeah. Falls. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very fascinating where, like you said, where any of us could be on any day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly in general, how are we as believers, especially when we've been in the faith a few years, as uh, are we? Are we like, do we act like the father or do we act like the older brother? So if I see somebody who is, has struggled in the past and they are freshly anew, you know, they, they've come back to be in the house. I think I need to look at that person almost like watering a plant. Now we'll see if it grows. If I don't add my encouragement of sunshine and water, Mm. how is it going to grow? So they need us, those people who have tendencies to maybe quit before they get started, uh, who are free-spirited or whatever. We see them struggling in whatever way it is. And we're just kind of waiting by the wayside to see, all right, when are they going to do it again? No, I should fight that urge because I know that's their struggle. Mm -hmm. And I have my own struggle. So I hope that somebody lovingly comes alongside and waters me. Maybe yeah. I can encourage them in some way. You've got this. I see you doing your hardest, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. And I'm, it's one of those things I didn't even say out loud, so hopefully it makes sense. But um, you ever you ever learn a lesson and you you think about, man, before I learned the lesson, I just kept beating my head against the wall. Mm-hmm. Now, during the time that you were beating your head against the wall, a lot of your friends and family were probably going, man, are they going to get it? Uh, Are they ever going to get it about this certain thing? And it's like, until you get it, you don't get it. (laughs) What are you trying to say here? Well, I'm getting lost in your puzzle. I'm, I'm, and and, and, again, this was all in my head. (laughs) It was a game of pong and this, and that's all there was up there. So I focused on this. Uh, But when you look at some, when I look at somebody that, um, 
you know, let's just say, uh, oh, you know, I'm around a lot of uh, younger dads. And so let's just say it's like, you, uh, you talk to your kid that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, me and my wife or, you know, some other friends might go, can you believe how he talks to his kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy. And now of course there's room to like, you know, confront in a nice manner and all that. But I'm just talking about the lesson until they get it and it clicks like, oh, wow, I need to go a different direction. Like yeah. then, then the grace that I need to show, because I've been there before too. Mm-hmm. Like stuff just doesn't click. Even even common things in life yeah. that everybody else has seemed to figure out. And I still can't get my footing on this. I guess it defines naive, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe so. Maybe Whereas, so we're all naive in some subject, I guess is my point. This is so, the handwriting is on the wall. Why can't you see this? And it's like, I, maybe it wasn't exemplified before that person modeled. Yeah, exactly. We have a family member that it's so frustrating with a lot of their life decisions. Mm. And, and, and I have, I don't want to say too much. So I'll just say this. I have another family member that is just like, how does this family member not get it? And then we stop and we remember their upbringing. Mm-hmm can you really blame this family member with how he was, how he was brought up? Mm. And, and all of a sudden there's a, there's, there's grace there. Cause it's like, not everybody has been through the same situation I have. Yeah. You know, putting on somebody else's Nikes. Yeah. As Micah Tyler, as, when he was in here, he said right. that put on their Nikes for a second. Um, which does not mean that you are justifying when they make bad choices. Yeah. But yeah. it does lend you a sympathetic ear to why they believe the thing that they believe or do the thing that they do. Now I have a sympathy. I may not be able to empathize, uh, but it also takes me to away further away from a judgment of their yeah. sin Yeah. because that's between them and God. Now, if they're a part of the body of Christ and they have, uh, you know, in some way indicated, I want to be accountable. Then I can come alongside when the, when the spirit is leading and say, hey, I see what's going on here. But see, the spirit of the matter has changed. I'm within the guidelines of what God has asked, as opposed to person's a mess up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell them that they're a mess up because have they ever asked for that accountability in you? Yeah, and, and what's my what's my intention with it too? Am, it, yeah, am I it, doing it to beat them down, or am I yeah really trying to help them? So yeah, all of these questions and more. So um, speaking of different levels. I would think that in a lot of ways, the older brother probably looked his nose down at his little brother because he saw right off the bat the things that were keeping him from, you know, feet on the ground. This guy, oh, he's headed for trouble. And he, I'm always the one that does the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he found his position quickly, perhaps. But uh, I was reading in uh, the next chapter of First Corinthians. You know, I'm in that book right now. So I'm in chapter 11. And this is a, a crazy chapter, some stuff in there. You read it again and you're like, wait a second. I need, I need to sit down with Paul in heaven after reading this chapter and ask him, what were you talking about? I don't understand. Uh, And I'm talking about the manner of worship and the way that heads had to be covered. And there are some reasonings as to why he says the men should have their heads not covered, but the women should and apparently uh, women's hairstyles could, it could indicate to others a different um, place in society. I'm talking about prostitution. Oh, okay. 
So if you were wearing your hair a certain way, if you were being a little scandalous, a little too hot mama, then that was giving people the wrong idea. And so this is a distraction. He's not necessarily telling women you have to wear your hair a certain way. It has to look this way for all the generations to come. He's just saying this particular group of people, this is a struggle and it's just a distraction. So there's that commentary in there about praising the Lord and talking in church and being a part of that. And when he talks about church, by the way, it's the body of Christ. He's not talking about a building, but I'd like to talk about the buildings where they would gather. These would have been the wealthier people's homes who had come to say yes to Jesus uh, because they had the larger homes that where folks could gather. And there was a certain place where they would do the gathering and then have communion every single week. Now, I, I was listening to a pastor share this in a message uh, this morning actually, and said days off back in those days, not a thing, mm. okay? Sunday was a day off because it was considered, hey, this is the day we observe what Jesus did for us. And it became that day that people would rest as opposed to the original Passover a Saturday. But that doesn't mean that the poorer people in the food chain got off work. Mm-hmm. You know, they got yeah. to the, they got to church, to the building where they gathered when they got there after work. But then the wealthier people who could take their time, they were there way early. So here they are having their own communion not waiting for the people who are super poor in the food chain. And it was this weird, hey, we've been here partying for a while, you know? Mm -hmm. And Paul was basically saying, you guys have forgotten what this is all supposed to be about anyway. Because the grace needed to sit at the table in the beginning makes all of us, we're all at the same level. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter about wealth and, and stuff like that. I thought that was, it was, it's interesting that it had to be addressed then. I'm sure it has to be addressed in some degree today. It may not be about poor versus rich in gatherings. Maybe it's something else that it, where I, we find ourselves in a diverse culture. Uh, we live in the Houston area, we're the most diverse city in the United States. And there are various levels of understanding culturally. Perhaps that's what divides. But here we are, we have been brought to the table all at the same respective places and uh, abusing this this beautiful grace-filled practice of communion where Jesus is using the feast of the Passover to represent, now I am going to do a new thing. I am the Passover lamb. It's by the grace of God that you are going to sit and eat at my table for eternity has nothing to do with when you can get off work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But it does start making me wonder, okay, what could I take Paul's teaching to from that, that context and that point of view? What might he view and observe today in society and say, you guys are cutting yourself off in this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it comes to fellowship, that is a tough one to... Um... I think that is a, a tough because it's just it just kind of varies, I think, with city to city, maybe. But um, I do think there is a rich and poor problem mm-hmm. because I think within church buildings, mm. there are or status, even maybe it's like or status. Yeah, you, you were telling me the other day that um, at the church, and this could have been a completely innocent thing, I'm sure it was when they were introducing because you went to a function with, with your son 
mm-hmm. and you were having fun. So all the dads are there. Well, some of the pastors were there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so in that moment, there's a special recognition of just the pastors, but not, not the other dads. Some could me- take that to mean they must think that they're better or more qualified to be shouted out or something. Some could also say, oh, so that's the pastor. So when I come to church next Sunday, I'll know who to be looking for. So it could have been that, that it was probably the heart behind sharing it, but yeah, that's inside of the church walls. I'm talking about, there are other levels of, you know, if you're being introduced to people, you could especially tell then if they see somebody across the room that's more important than you, they may quickly leave your side and go to that person according to what they think is important. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we go to a conference and it's, uh, uh, we always joke about, um, there, there's, a uh, bigger Christian media companies. And uh, if uh, you're talking to somebody in the hallway and just kind of chit-chatting and then somebody from that biggest Christian media company walks by, all of a sudden they're not making eye contact with you, but they're saying, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh uh-huh. Excuse me for a second. And then they walk away. So I think that is, but I think even within a church building, like it's Mm -hmm. like, if we're going to, I mean, I really do think that this is an issue if we're going to make a decision as a church and, you know, random, I'll call him random Ralph doesn't like it and he's just some guy, I mean, okay, thank you for your consideration, you know, for your your perspective on that. We'll take that into consideration. I'm probably good. If it's for the good of the church, do it anyway. But if, you know, money Marcus Wow. The guy that I was just making I'm alliterations sorry. here. Random Ralph is and so Money close Marcus. to Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, Random okay. Ralph and Money Marcus. And <laughs> and Marcus, you know, he's given a chunk of change every month from his income. Mm. And he's he not doesn't, random and, anymore. And he doesn't like it. Yeah. Then it then it's like that's called special treatment. And that's and that's where, you know, you bring that up, but it's but it is about kind of the other passage of don't show special treatment. Yeah. Because of, of wealth. And so I, I think that is an and now, granted, that's going to be, a, you may not be on like a church board or decision-making, but I think that is important for me to remember, mm-hmm. how do I, do? am I a schmoozer? Do, am I, and do I find myself enjoying yeah. company only based on status or what they could do for me? Uh, or do I genuinely enjoy the conversation and the, you know, the banter yeah. and, you know. I think you can drive yourself batty too. Also, just trying to, oh, I, I got to make sure that I treat everybody equally. Oh, I got to make sure that I because you can obsess on the wrong things as well. I think just being open to the Holy Spirit's leading with the random Ralphs and the money Marcuses, because there may be days where money Marcus comes along and God does want you to give him some special treatment, not because of the money, but because something's going on in his life. He needs your attention. I, and I think it's or more vice of, versa. I think it's more of long-term. Sure. You look back and you go, I don't really talk to new people anymore. Maybe, yeah. maybe and, that, and that may be a big part of it. It's not even money. It's, I get in my click mm-hmm. because it's familiar and I don't talk to the new people that show up at church. Now I used to be able to do that easier because I was new mm-hmm. and I talked to anybody. Oh, oh, you go here. Oh, you go. No. But then all of a sudden when I get, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I've, I've been to my church going on two years and I now have people I know and it's harder to talk to new people. Sure. But it, you remember the days when you first walked into the church and you were greeted by that one person who's now become a really close friend. Yep. And you're like, am I being the person that I would hope to meet sure. in those types of situations? Very true. I was watching a show yesterday, it really hit home because I've, I've shared before that my son, he is very high functioning, 
but he is autistic. Uh, he has Asperger's syndrome, uh, which was what was diagnosed years ago. It's now called something else. The point being, I was watching this movie about a child with autism, severe, nonverbal. And when she was confronted about how has the church been around you in her particular circumstance, the church did not engage her very well. And understandably, they showed a scene where here is this little guy and he's physically banging his head on some of the posts in the church while others are trying to sit and listen to the priest share mm -hmm. the message. And the priest can't help but be distracted. And the people are just kind of looking sideways at her. Now they have special rooms for people who have special needs children's children's children. And so that's amazing. I, I love that churches have seen the need and they want to continue to foster those relationships and say, you are still welcome here. We have to figure this out because it can be a distraction for other people. So I get that that is a distraction, but uh, in seeing the way that she was treated and then forgotten. So those people around her just did, they, they just weren't intentional about checking in with her later mm. and saying, mm -hmm. how, how are you doing? Uh, no, her son was, to be frank, annoying mm. to be around. He was non-communicative. It seemed to be that his story was on the cusp of what people are just discovering about programs that now people use with iPads and being able to communicate better with children who are nonverbal. But they do show a scene where the nanny of a different, completely different culture, the nanny takes this little one into a different church setting, a more active, vibrant, we could maybe compare it to the setting I grew up as a child was Pentecostal, a little bit more vibrant. And he was clapping at times that may have been deemed inappropriate at this other church establishment, mm -hmm. but it, in this setting was completely received and beautiful. And mm, yeah, it was just fascinating. I thought, Lord, help us to be appropriate in the setting. We need to be that way. But also if we have to like, Hey, I want to tell you about this room where you can take your child. You won't get the stairs. And then maybe even taking the time to sit with that person or whatever. Am I engaging people where they're at is sure. the point. Not just with special needs. I'm talking about just in general, people walking through the door. They're going to be different. They're not going to be your, you. It will get you out of your comfort zone. But to make it, I want to make sure that people do not ever feel looked down upon. Yeah. That yeah. they are welcome to the same table as myself, as Jesus welcomes all of us. We're all at the same level. That's good. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time. This is another episode of the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Do you want to answer that uh, the scam call that's uh, <gasps> been calling you this oh whole? Oh my gosh! But what if they're not? It's Grapevine, Texas. It oh, be, oh, it might be like a yeah. It could yeah. be my dentist. <laughs> Wow, it's a long drive for your dentist. It is. Okay, so uh, hopeondemand.com. There's so much more. You know for what my dentist's name is? What's your dentist's name? Princess. Okay, thank you for that office reference. Hopeondemand.com for a lot more for you. We'll see you next week.